he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, everyone. This is episode 52 of Bolotified, the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement and all things events. I'm Anthony Bellotta. I'm your podcaster, and I'm here as I am every week with Alex Zipostelidis. Hi, Alex. Hi, Anthony Bellotta. How are you? I'm okay. I just came back from Miami. Miami? Yeah, I was in Miami Beach, you know, North Miami Beach to be precise. And uh, we had a 90th birthday party for Joyce Marie, my mother, and uh, she turned 90 on Saturday. And it was it was a really lovely affair. We did, you know, I do want to kick myself a bit because I prepared nothing. And, you know, we had no toasts or anything. We asked her to give us a little speech. Uh, but I think it was partly because I had no sense of the venue. And I, in my mind's eye, my sister um, picked this great place called Tropical Acres, which is a steakhouse in uh, Fort Lauderdale. In my mind's eye, we were in a restaurant. But this place actually has air walls at the back of it and rooms that it sections off. And you could, you actually, yeah, you actually have a private ballroom looking experience. And so when I got there, I realized, oh my God, like we have this private space. And so we had no music and, you know, we had no program, but I think I'm just kicking myself for nothing because the whole idea was to just surround my 90 year old mother with friends and family, as many as we could pull together in the short amount of time. And with the understanding that there's another, hopefully another, another celebration to happen next year, um, we pulled it together, 30 people. She was just, she had a great time. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. That's what matters. And you're an event planner. And so of course your mind goes there, but this was like, as you said, it was about family and it was about love. So if you planned the family and you planned the love, you don't need anything else, right? That's All the I other think. things, it was just cake decorations. And yeah. Joyce is her own party. Yes. You really only need her. And you that she, you, that's it. That's all you need is her. She is the party. And my sister did a lovely job um, getting uh, the table decorate table decorations done and she did something really nifty with the with the place cards she had the names put on pumpkins so everybody got their name on a pumpkin and some people took the little pumpkins home and my sister my mother has a bunch of pumpkins with our names on them that she can put around the house if she wants so that was that was really delightful That's that my sister cute. did yeah. that yes and it was just great to see, you know, people from my childhood and people, uh, 
some of my mother's new friends, you know, at 90 to make new friends is, it's a feat in itself. And it just so happens that as life just is, happens to be, and this world happens to be so small, there is a lady who is in my mother's circle of new friends who has a cousin named Cheryl Kinsler who has been on this podcast and is a friend and a client here in San Diego. Uh, it's just it's miraculous that that happened. You know, when you go home to uh, North Miami Beach and you're sitting in the living room with, uh, you know, an 80 some odd year old woman. And she says, oh, you're from San Diego. Do you know Cheryl Kinsler, my cousin? <laughs> and I, I say, yes, I do. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. What are the chances? Yes, really funny. And uh, just a great thing that we get to share every year. And anyway, new friends of my mother's, which is just great because, you know, at 90, my mother still has gusto. She'll go, you know, she's always been a go alonger. She'll go. My father, not so much, you know, so it's good that you know, she has some friends on the side. So she gets out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and it's always great to see them. It's always, and it's always, and it's a blessing to have them both. Yes. They were both there, both my mother and my father. And next year in February, they will celebrate 70, 70 years of marriage. It's really an amazing feat, 70 years of marriage. I can't imagine one without the other. And, uh, you know, when my father had a stroke a couple of years ago, you know, it was hard to watch my mother. We thought that she was sort of detaching in a way, but, but she wasn't. She was just being resilient and being strong. And that's what she is. It's truly a miracle. And so looking forward to seeing them again in the holiday, during the holiday season. And, uh, you know, more good things. Yeah. more celebrations very lucky you're very very lucky yes uh, i am i have a really great family and uh, i'm gonna hold on to that as long as uh, as long as i can this program you know we uh we started this a year ago and in august i started a program at sdsu which is a master's in meeting and event management and that curriculum uh, kicked off the end of August with a one week uh, in class on campus uh, event. Uh, we met all the other students in the program and we uh, started our journey, our leadership journey. And that's what the first uh, teaching is all about leadership. In any case, so we spoke with uh, the program leaders and uh, professionals who've put it together, and they have agreed to allow us to chronicle the program on this podcast. So once a month, we'll have the students on, we'll have some of the facilitators on and the instructors, we'll have the program founders on as well. 
and we will talk about the program and the lessons and how they apply to the field of meeting and event management. And the idea that we're starting with this instruction in leadership, uh, which is not simply about leading teams, but also about building organizations and building teams and understanding structures. Uh, it's, it's a very cohesive program. And in a, in a field where there's been very little leadership training, it's needed. Uh, especially because we're in a very high stress, very disruptive uh, industry, right? So, you know, when you are, when you're exhibiting um, signs of self-care and, and signs of effective leadership, you are creating uh, uh, regiments for yourself and you're following your regimen and you know you're you're consistent when you work in events there's so much disruption uh that it's easy to get thrown off uh from that kind of discipline if you will in building yourself if you know if you're in a program you need to read or you know if you're trying to um build something outside of work you need time to focus on it you know self-improvement mm -hmm. uh and so this program is hopefully going to give us that that throughway into developing ourselves on a more uh on a higher level of with a higher level of emotional intelligence uh so that we can effectively lead teams that are more cohesive more diverse um, bring different uh, styles and thoughts and schools with them uh, because essentially that's what ultimately creates the best experience when we learn and grow and share from one another and uh, so much more. And so uh, we're in the middle of this and in our upcoming program, we'll talk to the founders of the program and and the lead facilitators and uh, coaches and uh, mentors in the program. And then we'll meet some students later on and talk about the journey. And, uh, and they will, the students are from a variety of, of areas. So some of them are a bit younger and uh, not as experienced in the professional world uh but are currently employed and experiencing the pangs and the pains of working for people who don't necessarily um value their judgment their opinions because they're young and then there are uh, more seasoned planners who uh are looking to grow their careers and take on more strategic functions within the corporations they plan for. And then there's some independence as well. So it's a wide swath. And that's just the meetings and events side of the program. There's also uh, an HTM, hospitality, tourism and management side. And that's, uh, it's another cohort, it's the ninth cohort. We are the third cohort of meetings and events, the HTM cohort is in its ninth year. Uh, 
or I should say the program is, is in its ninth cohort, uh, that focuses more on uh, leadership in large organizations, a hotel, motel leadership, um, convention center uh, uh, leadership, and more organizational leadership from a hospitality and tourism point of view. And so we'll talk a little bit with those students, but we're gonna focus more on those in the meetings and event management world, because those who are in that world will more closely associate, their issues will more closely associate with hopefully our listeners and the things that we're dealing with in our own businesses and our own organizations, uh, you know, in our own positions within those organizations, because again, we represent a really wide swath of individuals. I'm one of, I don't even know that there's another self-employed person there. Wow. I think part of that reason is a lot of companies have edu educational uh, incentives. And so some of these people, at least some of them are being reimbursed for their educational cost. So they are working for companies that have that, you know, that offering. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm, I don't believe I have, there's another business owner that's in this program. Oh, nonetheless, well, you know, I'm definitely more mature than most of the other students, all of the other students, maybe even some of the instructors. More, yeah, so I'm definitely on the mature side of things. So um, yeah, I feel a little bit, you know, um, I feel that that a bit, you know, I don't I don't try to worry about it too much because it's valuable experience, yeah. but I don't want it to appear like I'm grandstanding or show I'm a show off and because that's not me, but um, I do have a lot of knowledge and I have a lot of experience to, you know, to impart. So it's a balance for me. Have you noticed, um, any difference in how the instructors or your fellow students react to you as opposed to the other students? Or is it pretty, does it feel pretty equal? It feels pretty equal except for tonight. We had a, a meeting and, sh and the instructor asked to show my most recent paper as an example of a good paper, a best case scenario paper to those who are on the call and those who will listen to the recording. And, and while that made me feel really good, I also felt really awkward about it and hope that nobody takes it against me, you know, wow. makes it personal. I, I am proud, but it was a little awkward. And that was the, the first time. Well, hopefully, I mean, because this is higher education that and I would like to think that at that point, the impetus to be there is to better themselves and further their careers. So hopefully they take it, and I'm sure they do and will and are, as a wonderful example of what to look for, how to accomplish something. 
I mean, you know, and next time around, it could be somebody else. Yeah. Right? And, you you know, what I came away with was feeling pressure because we have another assignment too. So now, you know, I feel like, okay, now I have to really, you know, make sure that everything is in the same uh, standard of the same standard, which, you know, I would do anyway. It's more pressure. That's it. Doesn't matter. Self-created pressure. That's all it is. But yeah, so that was the, the, the really the first time that I felt a little different, but you know, most of our engagement is online. So there isn't a lot of in-person engagement. From what I'm reading in the news and what is happening, uh, you know, all across America today, and people are having a hard time finding employees that want to work. Uh, and it's in every industry. And uh, there was an article that I read in Inc. magazine that is beautifully titled, and it is titled, okay, it's something like, here's the absurdly simple reason people don't want to come back to their jobs. Something like that. I lost the article. I was saving it. Uh, Inc. magazine. Well, that's happiness. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, not liking the situation and not being happy. And I think although money is definitely always an aspect here, it always you know, plays into the game. People are realizing that they just don't want to put up with untenable situations, you know, and they want fairness and they want a piece of the pie. And it, it may be the best thing that's happened to us more moralistically in this country because the divide is growing deeper and it took a national pause for people to say, hold on a minute, I'm not going back there. It could never have happened otherwise. Sort of like, let's all siphon gas on Tuesday. Let's, or let's all, boy, excuse me, boycott gas on Tuesday. Like how many people really care enough to care, you know, to boycott. So it's just not the same thing. And it, it took this sort of deep uprooting for people to feel like, okay, I want meaning in my life. I want joy in what I do. Even if what I do isn't joyful, I want to be in, a, in an environment that sees me and values me. Well, I mean, we were all affected by this one thing. In some way, every person was affected by it. Some were affected physically because they had to deal with the illness. Some had family members. It really brought, we all know that saying life is short, you could be here one day and not the next. Just pretty much put it in front of our faces. And even if it wasn't a direct hit of COVID, we were still all affected by it. So it's a universal experience that we are all sharing, good, bad, ugly. And it really opened, I think, a lot of people's eyes that, you know what, life is short. And family truly is the most important thing and love and joy. Those, those are things that we don't place. And I will say, especially in this country, we don't place enough importance on it's important when there's time. And now I think people are shifting. Yeah, I think it's, um, important secondarily to money on the business side of 
the equation. Mm -hmm. And that's right. I mean, that's the, the blunt reality of it. It's always about money first. And you know what, what's interesting is that uh, the programming at SDSU and the curriculum supports exactly uh, what it is leaders need to do to engage their ranks, their teams, uh, and get them engaged in a way that is meaningful. Uh, that's what the leadership is all about. So it's great that there is this connection to what is happening today and the teachings here. It's amazing how it still is not common practice. And even, you know, even in the, even in the best of cases where there are programs and protocols and processes that ensure diversity, equity, and inclusion in an organization, for example, even when you have all of that in place, you have issues and incidences where people don't quite always live up to that. And you're always managing that with the idea that nobody's perfect. We're all trying to be the best that we can be. And if you don't manage it with that, then it's probably a caustic bullying kind of conversation that's happening. Uh, and that's the reality of the business world and money is everything. Yeah. Although we did do, we are doing a deep dive into a national company uh, as part of this curriculum. Uh, we're doing a cultural audit and we didn't all get uh, assigned the same company. As a matter of fact, we were put into groups and we were told to find a company that would allow us to assess them. And it just so happens that in our little group of four, one of them works for a national company that was built by a private individual in opened in 1960 and built on some very traditional family values that still exist in this business today. And it really is incredible to have an, a look inside this organization that isn't just about money. Uh, but is about making sure that their employees are feeling fulfilled and their customers are feeling fulfilled and their ideology, their, their vision, their, their mantra is to make dreams come true. And they are a provider of tires. And that mantra permeates all the way through. So today, one of my assignments was to go to an outlet and to, you know, do an audit, do an assessment, speak with the manager and um, look at the operation. And uh, I think it's one of the few that um, 
you, it doesn't require that you have a college education to move up the ranks. You begin at the very bottom, you learn the, the basics of the job and the service, and you move up from there. And only recently have they started to bring in outside professionals into the ranks of the C-suite to get fresh perspective, but they've managed to keep this culture of hiring from, uh, uh, excuse me, but uh, promoting from within, uh, educating their people, uh, providing support services, benefits, access to an array of scholarships, uh, it's just a really incredible organization, 22,000 employees. Wow. And uh, it's almost like, oh, you drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, it really does have that feel in a sense because they're all happy and they don't leave. And they all are seen and heard and feel that way and feel when they come in, there's a clear path. And that's part of it you know, the process that, that part of the, one of the things that makes it so great is that you can walk in and see a path to growth without necessarily going to college or getting a master's degree. Um, that's. It's proof that every human life has value and worth. Yeah. Regardless of opportunities that may or may not have been presented to you that you're still a person who can bring value and to any situation. And well, this is really lovely to, to hear. Well, this is exactly what I, I believe people are looking for in their, in their jobs is kind of meaningful situation where they don't just feel like they're operating something because it has to get operated or, you know, um, punching, you know, whopping something or doing some menial something that really doesn't aggregate, add up to anything fantastic. It's about feeling like you're part of something and that you're valued. And that happens outside of the tasks that we do. Mm -hmm. Really, that was heartening because you don't, you don't hear of that very often. You don't experience that on all levels of an organization, especially the front lines. Um, very often. And so, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see more of that happening. And I think we talked about last week, the idea that, you know, those people who aren't nice are not going to be in business. Hey, get a clue. I'm okay with that too. I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, I don't wish harm on anybody at all because everybody, you learn from every experience and every person but really it's so much easier to be kind. It just is. It takes so much less energy. Yeah, and again, I don't know that you're gonna get very far if you're not. I honestly don't, I don't know. I, that, that remains to be seen. People may not wanna take your call. They may not wanna sell to you. They may not care how much your business is worth. It really is that palpable. And we might see some fallout and some changes. 
It's very interesting. We've never been here before. The way that that th this pandemic has infected us and made us afraid of things and hesitant of things that you know we took for granted and just colored the landscape so differently. And now people are going to be going back to work and events are going to be starting up again and we're going to be dealing with the aftermath of it all, which we don't quite understand yet because it hasn't yeah. hit us. Not yet. You know, what are some of the concerns that people are going to have next year? Are they the same concerns we have now or will they be different concerns? And that's the world we live in. It's so fast paced, you can't rely on anything. And that will definitely change the planning cycle and the commitment cycle. And that makes everything have to happen faster and planned in less time. And, and then it's forgotten, poof. It's like a really good meal. It may take a long time to prepare, but it's, it's over in a nanosecond. Right, and you know, faster is not necessarily better, but it's where we're headed. I was kind you of know. hoping for slower. I was really hoping that would be something that would come out of all this. Um, but I hope that we begin to view kindness as the strength that it is instead of the weakness it's often viewed as. Uh, I hope so too. Um, and what, what I've learned through this teaching is that some of the most productive, financially productive, as well, CEOs have been the least, the most humble, the least self-focused, the most giving, the most um, underplayed. Um, those are usually the most successful leaders. And as opposed to a narcissist or somebody who's self-focused or who only looks outward when they are looking for blame to place blame and usually looks inward, you know, to pat themselves on the back, that kind of leadership, um, narrowly focused, barks orders, that kind of thing doesn't take uh, the advice of his advisors, her advisors. That is the complete opposite of effective great leadership if you will and uh so it's there and people the thing is you can talk about this all day long people will still work for those who are not great leaders there's always a reason there's always you know there's always something but the great fallout right now is new and it is forcing companies to rethink their engagement and they're offering because now it's more about, it's not just about money. It's about how are these people going to be able to work? What's the balance with, you know, their personal lives? How much time in the office? Uh, we were talking with somebody today who worked in a business that was a five day a week business pre-COVID. Five day a week. They're going to two days mandatory a week in office full teams. So you can't go sporadically. You have to have your full team there. Um, and then if you do, if you commit to three days, you get some added benefits like parking spots and desks that don't move around. Otherwise it's just two days. So they went from five days to two 
days mandatory in office. Now that's a big cultural shift. That's not five to four. That's a big shift. And I, th I think that that we, we still have to see how that's going to pan out in all of the planning and the event cycles and the celebrations, all of that, because it could affect all of it, essentially. Because it's all going to happen in 2022, before we leave 2021, let's talk holidays. Holidays. The holidays. Okay. So we got our Thanksgiving. <laughs> and that's going to be happening soon. And we love our turkey moments. <laughs> Quiet with the TV on and the smell of freshly baked turkey wafting from the oven uh, as you're sipping on wine. And uh, I don't know, just lounging away, right? Yeah. People come over. Yeah, well, I don't know what the Thanksgiving's going to hold for me, but we'll see. Do you have no plans? I have no plans of, other than my traditional bloodies and bagels in the morning with my friends. Yeah, I don't know. It may be a decorating weekend. You may have to come to dinner. <laughs> I may have to come to dinner. You may. I'm, I'm really not inviting myself. <laughs> no, I didn't expect that you were, but you know, you may have to come to dinner. We're going to have Scott, who's coming uh, down, and we'll have, I'm thinking, a few other people. And so, yeah, you'll have to come. So consider it done, unless you don't want to, unless you really want to be alone. That I totally respect, but- Thank you for that. that but we will have turkey. As a matter of fact, I have to go order the turkey. So, um, but nonetheless, that's a um, sort of the preamble to the season, if you will. And then we have holiday season starting and lots going on. Yeah. And uh, it's time to start thinking about what you might do this holiday season. It is a time to be joyous. Yes. And a time to celebrate. So what are some of the things that we're doing, Alex? We are doing a lot. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, I started planning for the holiday season on an event um, scale back in uh, March. Yikes. Yeah. That never happens. See? I, yep, I started in March with my first couple of proposals, and I will say by mid-summer, I was pretty much booked with one client a good portion almost every day, sometimes I, doing three events. I See, I love that because they're so, I don't care what happened, we're having Christmas. We are having a holiday. They are finding a way to do it for their people. It's really... And, you know, it, it's still summer, still drive through summer live. Um, and it's, it's awesome. So we, you know, we've got all sorts, we've got Santa's and we've got characters that are out there um, kind of uh, emulating some of our favorite Christmas story characters, you know, and, and just um, being joyous and happy and, We've got our, our holiday hipsters, right, out there. They're booked to the max. In fact, I just did that today. I think I've got a book at another event. And, and we had them on the program. We had the holiday hipsters on. Athena came on. And uh, they're busy, huh? When do they start? They start the day after Thanksgiving, I'm sure. I think you... I, 
I know wife got them. I'm pretty sure it's going to book. I, in fact, I know it'll book the, the 30th, 30th of November. Right. And well, that's then, that's a bit. That's like I think the week after. Yeah. Oh no no no! It isn't really because um, Thanksgiving is the 25th. So it is the week after, but it's not a full week. It's not a full week. And then I know I have them on four or five events, and I know D'Angelo. My God, he's got them a lot. So good. Yeah. So they're 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 busy so what about virtual santa you know we have santa we have lots of santas we have singing santa and magic santa and old world santa and we can customize a santa for you if that's what you're into because okay. apparently that's the, the the thing these days um is you know having a santa that is specific so let's call them specific santas and uh santas that do all kind of things yeah, and they can be they can be culturally appropriate for you love that love that always culturally appropriate mm -hmm. but if you do want a culturally inappropriate santa then we might be able to do that too just for oh, the kicks of it we should we we could and we if, could. If, right. if if you're out there and you want that please do let me know because i want to be there well i have to just say and i hope that i can on this broadcast that back in old HSMAI days, we used to do a sexy Santa as part of the allure to get people to come to our Christmas event. And it would be, you know, a Santa without a shirt who had, you know, a 12 pack and he was very smiley and fun and warm and gracious. And we're not opposed to that. No. Not at all. No. But, you know, for the kids, singing Santas, guitar playing Santas, magical santas wizard wizard santas it it uh it can be done can. and the holiday hipsters are a musical delight oh my and god they, they're so amazing amazing and they they just they just light up any any ambiance they inject so much energy and warmth into what they're doing they're they're a true draw you just you can't help but want not want to you can't help but want to watch them because it's just so much fun yeah these are not face in the book carolers that we're talking about the holiday hipsters we're talking about performers who are uh delighting in their performance and totally aware that you're around them and and performing to you so it's really and it's very theatrical in nature very costumes and all mm -hmm. Very glamorous too. And they're fun and, to work with. I like to work with them. Yeah, yeah, we like to work with them. Uh, and it's a it's it's a it's a holiday staple. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really a holiday staple because the thing about it is you can this is requires no stage, no microphones. You can have them stroll. If you want them to do a show, then of course you do the stage and the microphones, but you don't need to. They can stroll, they can be at the entrance of your event to just set the tone and then later they can walk around and entertain small groups of people it's just so delightful and it doesn't take up your entire evening so it allows for conversation and sometimes becomes the source of conversation mm -hmm. so it's just a great little thing to add to any event uh outside of a, a band or a DJ that you know is going to provide music, ongoing music. So these elves that we have, the cookie decorating elves, 
and the hip hop dancing elf and the scavenger hunt elves that we have. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, um, we're developing these, I should mm -hmm. say. And D'Angelo is the creative director here for a client in LA this year. And so we will be featuring them there for their special Christmas uh, offerings. But um, they're also available to others of you who might like to enchant your guests or your children with something delightful this holiday season. Uh, and who and doesn't like interactive too? Right. Who doesn't like cookie decorating or, or learning a hip hop move or two? You know, going on a scavenger hunt. Who doesn't like that and meeting an elf or two? Right. Uh, and these are all Instagrammable moments. So, you know, keep that in mind and keep this in mind also. The kids love it. The adults love it. And we love Christmas. I just have to say, we are all lovers of the holiday season and all of the holidays that are celebrated within. We all in the office, I am going to pat ourselves on the back because I, it's true. We all love the holidays. We love celebrating the holidays. We love helping you celebrate the holidays. It really brings us joy. It really does. Now more than ever. Yeah. We need a little joy. <laughs> a little bit. Need a little bit of joy, Anthony. When is this gonna end? <laughs> we do. We the world needs a little joy. I think. Um, I think understated. It's a bit understated mm -hmm. the amount of joy that we need and how valuable it would be and how helpful it would be to us as human beings. And I got to tell you. Tell me. I may have to break my own rule. Uh oh. I may not wait until Thanksgiving weekend to turn on my first Hallmark movie. I just may not. I normally don't want to until Thanksgiving weekend when I start my decorating. Uh, but I'm kind of getting there. I'm kind of well, like ready for a little Santa. I think this weekend is a really good time to start. In fact, I think that today I was thinking about the fact that we have some Halloween decor out side and front you know simple things i was thinking oh that should really come down and then i thought hmm, probably not i'm thinking d'angelo already has a plan to transition from halloween to the holiday of christmas and so i didn't think i needed to touch those he's going to start i think as soon as this weekend maybe next so that he is feeling ahead of the game plus then it's up yeah and it's not like oh two weeks later you're taking it down i i refuse i refuse well it's you're up. also greek so you can you know you can extend we, we things go as to the epiphany once we well we go to the epiphany that's you know that is right. the um that's the rule so it doesn't come down before then um and then just because i get really busy i think i could put my stuff away what was it Mid-February, I think it finally made its way down to my garage. But again, in my defense, I live upstairs. There is no elevator. It's me. And wait, then wait. I, I bribe people. I say, let me cook for you and help me get it downstairs. No, 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 no. The box doesn't count. It's when it goes in the box. Because that's like another story. That's like another step, another process, yeah. right? Unless it was then that it went in the box. I do remember that. You kept talking about how I you know. needed to it's do that. Done. It's not done. It's yeah, not I kept done. remembering that. Yeah. And I think we 
did it immediately. But this year we're talking about not necessarily being around to take it all down immediately. You never know. I'm well, I'm going to start. I even think I'm going to start before Thanksgiving. Um, because, but also because December event wise, pretty much I have, like I said, at least one event almost every day through the 21st. I think I only have maybe five days that I don't have an event. Stop bragging. I am bragging. Stop it. No, I'm tired of thinking. It's going to be a lot. So I want to be able to enjoy my holidays and enjoy these events without thinking I got to go home and do this. Because, you know, there's yeah. a lot of cooking for me at the holidays, Mista. Yeah, I know. I know. That's your cooking time. I know. And you always do Christmas dinner. I know. We're going to do something different this Christmas. We're going to, I'll be home. Um, and God willing, everything will be good with my family. And uh, we're not going to, my parents are not going to do a thing at the house. It's just ridiculous for them to, at 90, try to, you know, cook and host a party and last year, I think because the year before my father couldn't do it because of the stroke, mm-hmm. last year he was adamant with doing it. And so we sat by and watched as they worked like slaves. And then I don't even think five people came. It was just so, you know, such a, a small turnout. It wasn't worth the effort. And it was hard to watch. So thank God this year he is not in that same mode. He already said, no, I'm not doing that. I'll make some sausage for the family, but that's about it. So uh, th- so that's good because it's we need a little bit of It's time to create a, a new tradition, right? It's time. It's time yeah. to do something new and, you know, change it up a bit. God, they're yeah. 90. Who knew? Who knew? And hey, look, this is, uh, you know, Ileana goes off to college little brat doing it a year early on me um yeah and things things are going to change and so yeah you're gonna i don't know what next year what christmas 2022 is gonna kind of hold you're open to anything aren't you i really am i really am i am not viewing it i think she will always be here you know at least for now but i'm not viewing it as something sad i'm viewing it as the the vacuum to let new in. Yeah, I think you're embracing her world, which is going to uh, expand now, right? So I think if you look at it from that perspective, not like you're losing her to the world, but her world as it expands, uh, so does your Mm -hmm. relationship with her, right? Because you're still a part of it. And I think most parents feel like, oh, they're going to move on and they're going to forget I was even here. And I don't think you'll ever have that. I'm also not going to let them forget I was there. (laughs) Because you're Greek. I forgot. (laughs) Come on. I lied for 24 hours. I still say I was vivisected to have you. Vivisected. (laughs) And I will never, ever let her forget that or her father. We may be divorced, but I will never let him forget it. Darn right. You paid heavily for that gift. I did. What did he pay? (laughs) It was a labor of love, damn it. So 
If you enjoyed listening to us today, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please share us. Please let us know what you think. And if you have any questions, just look on olada.com and look for the podcast tab and just leave us a comment or question there. And if you're listening to us anywhere, enjoy us. Tell your friends about us. And please keep listening and uh, keep engaging. Say goodbye, Alex. Goodbye. Make make Elf Alex happy. Leave us a comment. Mm-hmm.